Hi everyone, I'm Anna Close. And I'm Paul Ciperoni, and this is the Engineering History Podcast. If you want to hear about where engineering and history collide, then you're at the right show. Today, we'll be going over Marie Van Britten Brown and modern home security. Ooh, interesting. In a special Black History Month episode, this features a black and female engineer. Um... Like, the one black female engineer from the 1900s that anybody actually bothered to write about, so... Yeah. Well, there was that one um, female... There were a couple female black engineers who worked at NASA. You remember? Yes. Hidden Hidden Figures. figures. Yes. I was gonna do that one, but then I haven't seen the movie. Oh, you have to see the movie. I've heard it's great, and I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to do this justice until I've seen the movie anyway. Very inspirational. I really enjoyed it, personally. I haven't heard a bad thing about it. Yeah. Um... But first, yeah. <laughs> sorry. No, 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 go, go. Let's give you some background about us. <laughs> I'm a mechanical engineer doing mostly manufacturing activities in an aerospace company. And I'm a civil engineer focusing on water resources and water quality. Our alcohol for today's podcast is, Paul, would you like to do the honors? Sure. This is Neon City. It's a pale ale from Hong Kong, of all places. I believe the brewery is called Young Master. Yeah, and you picked that out uh, earlier today. What made you so attracted to this particular brand? You know, the can has just a a lovely looking pair of pants on it. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Mmm. Mm, and we can say they're doing mm-hmm. something right over in Hong Kong. Yeah. Hey, some of us haven't forgotten about your whole protest. Kind of funny how they had the protest and then co- co- China just dropped COVID. They're just like, all right, this protest <laughs> is getting a little out of hand. Drop the virus. Oh, I don't remember that. Remember the Hong Kong freedom protests? Vaguely. I, I remember a COVID, obviously, who doesn't, and Tiger King more than I remember the Hong Kong uh, protests. That's exactly how the That's CCP how they wants did it. it. And then the China um, did, the, did the Tiger King. They did the Tiger King. And none they of this has Netflix. anything to do with the Engineering they, History Podcast. Yeah, we should get into it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's get into We're it. We're trying to make the intros a little tighter, I we think. We are. It's not working. <laughs> well, let's change that right now. Yeah. Let's set the scene. Okay. Imagine, if you will, mm-hmm. you are a young and successful engineer. Okay, I am. Who has scored a job at a large engineering firm. I have. Very easy to imagine. In a large city. Okay, again, very easy to imagine. <laughs> Somewhere like New York. Oh, I can still, I can put myself, I get your hot dog. Hey, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. It's freaking cold out. Why is that man shitting on the sidewalk? Okay. Yeah, I got it. You messed your city up, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Get your hot dogs. Look, you know the rent prices are crazy these days, and Mm -hmm. you just want to get a place. You don't want to stress out about, oh, Mm Zillow.com, (sighs) Apartments.com. Craigslist? Who has the time? You just kind of want to get a place, so you don't do all the... You don't dob all the eyes. Excuse me. Great pale ale. First burp of the pod. Not ever. No, no, of of this this pod. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Anyway, you don't dot your eyes. You don't cross your T's. You don't do your due diligence. The neighborhood you move into is good. Mm -hmm. It's not great. I can definitely, again, relate. Very easy to relate. (laughs) Anyway, it's not a massive issue because you're going to be spending all your time at work. Again, very (laughs) easy to relate to. You're on your, and I've written this down in quotes, Sigma grind set. (laughs) And you're going to be, again in quotes, chasing the bag. (laughs) So you're hustling, grinding. Uh Uh-huh. When after, say, a few months on a warm June evening, Mm -hmm. you come home and notice something's wrong. Oh, no. Your young engineering place isn't so young or engineering anymore. Your apartment, I mean. Yes. You're in your living room, and you notice some stuff is missing from your place. Someone Can't find your in. laptop. Oh, no. Your cash is gone. Your stash of medical marijuana, in quotes. <laughs> Not the medical marijuana. <laughs> You're like, what the heck is going on? Mm-mm-mm. Then it hits you. When you came home that night... You went to unlock the door, and it was already... You know, like when you try to unlock the door, yeah, and you can't quite... Yeah, already... That it was reminds unlocked. me. Did we have, do we have the door locked? We do. I just locked okay. it. Okay. <laughs> uh, the door to the podcast studio. Yeah. <laughs> you suddenly feel very unsafe. Was someone here? What if they're still around? What if they're still watching you? 
Oh, I, oh, that is so creepy. I mean, I, nothing like this has ever happened in my childhood, but it's always been a great fear of mine. Mm-hmm. And it's so, like, it's so stressful to think about, like, your home is like your safe space and someone just comes in and violates your it. castle the do- the walls of your castle are not secure exactly yeah so what do we do when the walls of our castle aren't secure get a gun well we talk to the guards oh yes the walls. yes 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 get okay, call your yes. landlord yes call the landlord uh police uh and then get a gun <laughs> then get a gun <laughs> Your landlord is a gruff but gentle immigrant from somewhere in Eastern Europe. <laughs> After some explaining, he tells you he's going to check the lobby camera to see if mm-hmm. anything happened. Mm-hmm. A while later, he sends you a clip from 10 a.m. that same morning. This was broad daylight. Oh. A young, skinny guy wearing perfectly normal clothes in the middle of the day walks in wearing a backpack. Probably someone held the door for him. Mm-hmm. He gets in the elevator. Nine minutes later, he's back in the lobby. His backpack has a little bulge. Oh, that's your geez. laptop. That's your cash. That's oh, your stash no. of hash. So I feel like <clears throat> the lesson learned from this is don't be polite to people and open the door for them. Never open the door. Tell them to stay in the street where they belong. Spit on Tra- them. Spit if on you can. them. Kick <laughs> them a little. Kick them a little if you can. Only if you can. Don't ever be nice to people. Pull out the taser. Yeah, there was one time in Florida, I was doing a trip in Miami, and there was this guy like in the middle of a crosswalk on a green light, and he had his wheelchair stuck. And I remember me and my friends were like helping him, and the entire time he's like, barraging us with insults that's fucked up yeah and i was like i will never be nice to anyone ever again and i continue to be nice to people every day Mm, that's what you think yeah i uh i think you know what you can be an asshole in a wheelchair no for sure that guy was definitely an asshole in a wheelchair and you know who else is an asshole Mm. this burglar dude oh yeah he lost he stole you lost about $2,000 worth of stuff and cash. You lost your faith in the area you live, and worst of all, you are one step closer to becoming a Republican. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? Isn't that like a thing? People get like robbed and they become Republicans? I don't know. I feel I, like that's a thing. I, I've heard this, there's like this joke going around like, someone says something without any malice or intent behind it and then these leftists swing in and like cancel him or cancel him or her and they're like you know what i'm gonna become a republican you know it's like that joke there's a certain number of republicans and probably democrats too Mm -hmm. who became that party just to spite people i Mm -hmm. guarantee it there's that uh video that i sent you a while back where the woman there was a woman who's like i don't identify as a human, I identify as a frog. And if you mm. don't accept that, you're frogist or something. And she was, it seemed like she was dead serious. And then a guy like clipped it and he added his reaction. He was like, you know what? I'm Republican now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so we, we could, we could talk about frogs mm-hmm. and, and frogs are a big threat. Um, but you know, what's a, bigger threat burglars burglars oh yeah but there's one brave hero who finally said you know what enough is enough mm-hmm. we're gonna freaking uh invent a solution to this problem mm-hmm. home security home security so let's go way way back let's go into the history of home security okay yeah what was the earliest form of home security ever um like electronic like you know no like ever like back when we were like cavemen i feel like animals have been used as home security i like it not what i was thinking but that's totally true speaking of which our beautiful pooch just farted i could smell i thank you for saying that i was wondering if that was just me no it's it's river river or not poop she just farted really badly so the earliest form of home security besides dogs and wolves mm-hmm. was you so back when we were living Me? tribally <laughs> yeah you on a close oh, or yeah. should i say thaga <laughs> <laughs> 
which would have been your caveman name. Krog. <laughs> Back when we were living tribally, you would have a reputation in the community, mm-hmm. right? So people knew, it was like a sliding scale. They knew whether or not to fuck with you depending on how much of a pussy you were. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you were if you were able to put up a show of force, it's kind of like prison rules, right? You put up a show of force, nobody fucks with you, and that's very tribal and that's very primal, right? Oh. Um, also, obviously, weapons, right? If you yeah. have some weapons, somebody's gonna like, be. No one's yeah. gonna come in your home when you have like a torpedo launcher or anything like that. Or I sure wouldn't. You know. But when does that situation? Sorry, were you gonna say something? No, 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 no I'm good. When does that situation break down? Hmm. I would say if the person who's like very, like very well known in the tribal, we're talking about the specific scenario, if they were to get sick or injured or get show old. old or show any kind of weakness, you're fucked. And that's when you kind of hope, okay, maybe I've had children and now mm-hmm. they're going to defend me they're and the whole village me, yeah. elders thing happens, right? Yeah. And. That works pretty well. And then sort of what starts happening is humans start living in larger and larger groups, right? Mm -hmm. So have you heard of Dunbar's number? I'm not familiar with it. So named after... uh, Dunbar? Dunbar. (laughs) I don't remember Dunbar's first name. But essentially what Dunbar said was that the amount of humans you can reasonably just think of and have in your life and sort of have a social connection with mm-hmm. is around 150 to 200, you know? What? <laughs> 150 to 200, basically. Is this deep interpersonal no, no, connection? No. Oh, this is okay. like even, I don't know, our, our next door neighbors, for example. Oh. They're part of Dunbar's number. Oh, just because yeah. we relate to them socially, but our neighbors sort of down the hall from them, we don't really talk to them that much. Well. They're not really in, in yeah. our thing. Yeah. So... You have, like, kind of that sort of level, and then obviously that's down to your most close and intimate relationships. That's interesting. How did he come up with this? Uh, There was a bunch of studies. I don't remember how it happened. I heard about it in a book most recently. Uh, It's a Malcolm Gladwell book, Mm. The Tipping Point. This Very is just book. a theory, right? This is, I mean, yeah, but it's like, well, you know, like people often study this and it's like pretty well, well corroborated. Yeah. Um, and the example that was given in this book was this like religion where like basically once they form a group that's bigger than 150, they split in half and then they become two different oh. kind of sects because you have to be able to know everybody. He had mm. another uh, thing where it was like a factory and like once they get more than 150 people in the factory, they need to split off because they can't manage that many people. Oh, that is so interesting. It really is. And one of the really interesting parts of it is like, you know, we're living in a tribe. I have a reputation. That works until the tribe gets greater than 150 people. Now let's say we double the tribe size. We're 300 people. People could think I'm like a pussy because they don't know my reputation. Mm -hmm. And then they just like shoot somebody or kill somebody. Right. Mm -hmm. So this happens, spoiler, for The Wire. If you've ever seen The Wire. Never seen it. There's, like, a, a whole character who's, like, very well respected, and then he ends up getting shot by this 12-year-old kid who just doesn't know him, <laughs> right? This kid's, like, growing up in the streets. It's, like, part mm-hmm. of, like, it's... I think it's Baltimore, I'm pretty sure. Baltimore? Pretty sure it's Baltimore. Um, but anyway, the point is, like, you could have a great reputation and nobody's going to mess with you, but all it takes is, like, someone who's an outsider and who doesn't really know you mm-hmm. to take you down, right? Interesting. So this becomes really relevant when humans are living in cities, right? Mm. So our great civil engineering masterpieces. You're great job, but you also fucked up Dunbar's number. Well, what do you want me to do about it? Stop procreating. Hmm. Don't worry. Civil engineers create problems. Mechanical and electrical engineers, as we'll see, create solutions. You so. don't have to be this way. You choose. You choose violence every single morning. I do. <laughs> um, so you don't personally know each one of your neighbors, so your reputation no longer precedes you. Now people often buy weapons, like a firearm. And that's a great solution for a lot of people, but if you've ever taken a class about how to handle those property properly, one thing they always tell you and impress on you is that the last thing you ever want to use mm-hmm. is a gun. Like, in the class, oh. they tell you, this should be your very... I watched this video one time of this guy getting charged by a grizzly bear. He had a gun. He didn't shoot the gun. Oh. And that was the trigger discipline. Eventually, the bear turned around. Because if he had shot the bear, it would just pissed just, the bear off. Yeah. And probably... But if he had, like... he, But what he did is he just held it. Bear ran away. That was it. 
Yeah, it's almost like when I was really young, my parents put me in my parents put me and my sister in taekwondo, mm-hmm. and the um, the person at like the sensei. The, the, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> uh, he always said like, you learn techniques to take down your opponent opponent, but you never use it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The um, the quote the meek shall inherit the earth have you ever heard that yeah the real translation of that quote is those who have swords and know how to use them but keep them sheathed will inherit the earth oh but you still have to know how to use the sword exactly just like you change into the meek shall inherit the earth the whole bible translation (laughs) thing is like we should have talked about in the printing press episode don't worry we'll find a way to incorporate that (laughs) and our slow march towards becoming the catholic history (laughs) podcast uh, continues anyway one one episode closer (laughs) one episode closer point is once you're pumping hot lead into the chest of an immigrant kid <laughs> from little italy it's kind of too late at that point yeah oh river just farted again in terms of our timeline we're basically at the 1960s your reputation isn't really working anymore mm-hmm. people are getting tired of gunning down their neighbors <laughs> what's okay. a better way i don't like gunning you down anymore <laughs> well i am an immigrant kid not from little italy but from big italy <laughs> um fourth generation to be clear yeah (laughs) um although my great-grandparents were put in concentration camps that's a true story um oh canada anyway enter italian yes uh so solution to the problem we got marie van britten brown Mm -hmm. the invention of the first modern home security system yeah you know i'm just gonna tie a link real quick marie van burton brown you said Mm-hmm. first name marie marie curie what episode was that uh episode something or other which um, episode it was the early ones could it have been six possibly okay. interesting first have the same name That's... i think we know what the baby name of the podcast yeah is Maybe podcast co-hosts adopt children sometimes together. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they just grow old and live happy lives <laughs> together. You don't know us. And at the end, they just say, no homo. No, no podcast interrelations. <laughs> no podcast interrelations. That, the no homo thing was based on a meme I yeah. saw. That wasn't coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Anyways. Um, that anyways. Was, I just thought it would be an interesting tangent. And it wasn't. So we're moving <laughs> Not on. really. No. <laughs> kind of lame. <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> Let's do it. Anyway, we're talking about your everyday home security <laughs> systems. Nowadays, we take these guys for granted. Your ADT, mm-hmm. your Brinks, mm-hmm. your Vietnam veteran neighbor who is not doing well. <laughs> Did you write that down? All caps. <laughs> and you know he has a firearm, but he hasn't done anything. He's sending vaguely threatening letters to the HOA. <laughs> Craig, you need to calm down and take your meds. <laughs> the helicopters. Fortunate son playing in the background. <laughs> um, oh, Jesus. Except for that last one, uh, what we know of as home security systems had their start in U.S. patent number 3,482,087, which was granted to Marie and her husband in 1969. Ooh, what did that patent entail? Well, I'm I'm really glad you asked. Uh, we're gonna kind of get into the details in a little bit. I'm gonna kind of re- just contextualize. What was the motivation here? No, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. So to give some context, Marie and her husband lived in New York City. Mm-hmm. Kind of like our example. That's crazy. In the '60s, mm-hmm. in Jamaica, Queens. Okay. Jamaica, Queens. Jamaica, it's right next to JFK Airport, basically. Yeah, and Queens is like a borough in New York City? Yes, or? yeah, it is. Although technically, actually, I think at this time, I could be wrong, check my history, but I think at this time it was not formally incorporated into New York City. I think mm. Queens was its own thing. Oh. Nowadays, Queens is a borough. Okay, and that's where Spider-Man, right? That's, where, that's from, uh, is that where, Sp- I thought he was from Brooklyn. No, I thought he was... No, okay. Is Captain America from Brooklyn? Okay, Captain America is from Brooklyn? 
Oh my god, I don't know. I just remember in Captain America. I know, Civil, I'm thinking of the Civil exact same War, thing. Like, one of them's from one place. I I would bet that Spider Man is from Brooklyn and Cap is from Queens. I could be wrong. I can't remember. I don't. Um, Queens. Spider Man is from Queens. Oh, I'm totally wrong. I'm wow. Off. And I'm, I guess that means Cap is from Brooklyn. Yeah, that makes sense. He, he's more of a Brooklyn type. He's yeah. kind of a hipster, you know? <laughs> sure. Yeah, because. Back in the 40s when those comics were written, Brooklyn was like an actual industrial place. Oh, now it's like a hipster hangout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Oakland, I guess. Um, Oakland? <laughs> Oakland is like the Brooklyn of the Bay Area. Really? I think so. I, well, I guess the right parts of Oakland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. <laughs> Marie, living in Jamaica, Queens in the 1960s, justifiably a little worried about getting ripped off. Okay. She was a nurse. Her husband was an electronics technician. Oh. They both worked hourly and they were home at kind of different times. It was like shift work, you know? Oh, like two, two, two ships passing through the night kind of sometimes, thing? Sometimes. And sometimes the schedule lined up and sometimes they didn't see each other, you know? Yeah, but it's, it's hard. It's a hard thing. and But unfortunately, that means a lot of unpredictability about when you're going to be home, especially at night. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Varied schedules. Okay. The crime in the area was getting just worse and worse. Okay. Yeah. Was that where Son of Sam did his killings? Queens? I don't know who Son of Sam he is. He was like a serial killer. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't remember the details. I just remember in like the 70s or something. Like there was... Um, there was Son of Sam, I'm guessing. I, I, I feel like it was in Queens or something that he was like just shooting women very possibly uh, i do know crime in new york in general the city area kind of peaked in like the 80s like mid 80s yeah i actually saw a, a handbook published by the nypd one time that was called welcome to fear city oh and it had like a skull on the cover and mm. it was basically like so you've decided to visit New York. Here's, like, your survival guide. And it was, like, stay inside as much as possible. Like, don't take public transportation. Like, Bro, that's how San Francisco is now. Welcome to Fear City. I don't know. It's, no, I'm I, just kidding. I'm kidding. I, I was listening to that Tipping Point book by Malcolm Gladwell. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he talks a lot about the crime in the 80s. And one of the things was, like, if you got into a subway car... The graffiti inside the car, there would not be a square inch of the inside of the car that wasn't covered in graffiti. Oh. And they literally would just, like, take these trains, clean them, and then, like, a day later, they would just be covered again. That's insane. Yeah. But this, Marie and her husband, they were in, this was in the 60s. Late 60s. Late 60s. So it's trending that direction, mm -hmm. and if San Francisco runs by that schedule, um, we're in the early days. Indubitably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but anyway, the police response was just abysmal in her neighborhood. It was just mm -hmm. terrible. And so Marie was like, I can't wait for these cops to do anything. These kappas. These kappas. They ain't gonna do shit. Why did I turn southern? This is New York. They're not gonna. I don't know where Marie is from. I don't think she was southern. But I know, but like. I don't know why I did a southern <laughs> accent when this was in New York City. <laughs> Maybe uh, the South and New York just have that shared thing of just having like a terrible accent. <laughs> <laughs> you just never want to hear. You just never want to hear it. That's no. a joke. I actually love southern accents. No, me too. But so, sh how do I do in New York? Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking get my house a fucking charity system. <laughs> It's gonna make the loud bells when the fucking jabronis kick my toy in. For anyone with headphones in, we are incredibly sorry. Yeah, about all the that. vocal levels just maxed out. <laughs> That's fine though. Oh Jesus. Um, anyway, in true engineer fashion, Marie got to work on a solution to this problem. Because she patented everything, we have those intimate technical details you were talking about. We're going to go over how everything worked, and we'll actually go over kind of the main features. Mm -hmm. Okay, so folks, I'm going to kind of describe the image Anna's looking oh, at right wow. now. So you have actually a somewhat attractive woman hanging <laughs> out in a bed, uh -huh. and she has a little TV thing next to her door. Or, sorry, next to her bed. She is very cute. The TV is showing an image of this kind of like hoodlum looking guy. 
Um, not like hoodlum, like more like a, imagine like an Irish mobster. He's wearing that Irish hat he thingy. He is. The, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like yeah. a striped shirt. He looks like he's probably like a drug addict of some kind. He's, he's like. He's got the stubble. He's got the stubble. He looks like an out of work dock worker from he like Ireland or something. Italian. Maybe almost. Irish Italian. <laughs> he kind of looks like me actually. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. No. Um, he's wearing kind of like a, a, a post boy hat almost. Get um, your papers. But he looks like a creepy paper. Instead of selling papers, he's selling crime. He's definitely selling crime. So she's looking at this guy on a TV that's in her room. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I want you to realize that closed circuit cameras were not a thing at this point, right? Oh, mm. that is so interesting. Yeah, I was about to ask. Like, She's looking at a TV and it looks like it has the same guy. The so. guy's on the TV. So it's looking through the peepholes in her door. Oh. So, uh, and then there's a little microphone so she can talk to him and be like, what the fuck do you want? And a little solenoid lock. So we'll, we'll go through the features. The other thing I wanted to point out is some lovely signatures. Oh, those um, are very beautiful. The attorneys. Yeah. Anyway, we can go through some of the features of the system, right? Mm-hmm. So the first and most obvious thing, just like think of a home security system. What do you think of instantly? Mm-hmm. Some kind of locking mechanism, uh, an alert system if someone tries to nice. break in. Some nice. kind of like keypad so you okay. know everything's okay. like working. I like it. Yeah. yeah. So stuff like that. Okay, cool. Yeah, no. So so I think we have a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have remote lock and unlock of the front door. So okay. that's the solenoid lock. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically what that means is she's in bed. She's looking at this guy on the closed circuit television. Mm-hmm. And she's like... Uh, you know, you seem legit. I'm going to let you in. She clicks the button. She can unlock the door just from her from her bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, conversely, if the door is unlocked and uh, and this guy looks like Sketch Town, she can quickly hit the button and, and lock the door. Oh, why don't you just keep your door locked the whole time? You know, maybe she's waiting for her husband to get home and he said he'll be there in five minutes, but he's talking like ten minutes, you know. He's out cheating. He's out cheating. He's at the pool hall with the dames. Because that's the sex days, hey? That's the sex so um anyway uh she can lock the front door just kind of like ring you mentioned she has the two-way mic to talk to the person Um, two-way mic two-way mic so this is 1969 or 1960s so you know she's sitting there and she's like hey i don't really like the look of you and he's like hey i'm from fucking new york i just got a slice of i'm from fucking brooklyn it's Cap- it is Captain America, yeah. right? So, so um, very reminiscent of Ring and kind of like Ring. And I'm just saying Ring because that's where I see all these like videos on yeah, Instagram reels no. of just funny happenings of recordings. Mm-hmm. And much like Ring, you can record your conversation with, with the Bro, guy. Oh, she this was is- living in 2023. Living in 2023 in the late 60s. That's um, insane. Now, uh, obviously, we've mentioned the camera a few times, so let's let's kind of double click on that, as they say in the tech world. <laughs> Closed circuit TV to outside. Um, this was actually, to what I could tell, and sort of my own independent research and everything I've I've read, the first time a closed circuit TV had ever been used like this. So, where did the closed circuit TV come from? Mm-hmm. Let's take a little historical detour back to the Nazis. <laughs> God damn it. Where I'm we end so up every tired. time. I fucking am so tired every single time. Look, <laughs> the Engineering History Podcast. It's a Nazi. Yin and Yang. And you know what? You know what? I'm over it. <laughs> hey, you know, it happens. And why so do we have tired. closed circuit TV? I it's don't because care anymore. <laughs> German engineer in World War II. Developed closed circuit television rem- to remotely watch the launch mm-hmm. of V2 rockets. Now, where have we heard of V2 rockets before? In our latest episode? Uh, if episode eight was our latest episode, yes. then yes. NASA's occult magician. Oh my god. You'll yes. remember Jack Parsons, Jack, uh, who was Jackie NASA's boy. occult magician. Uh, his sort of mentor, quasi-phone mentor, was Nazi scientist Werner von Braun, mm-hmm. uh, who eventually led up the German V-2 rocket program during the war, mm-hmm. um, which was really a missile program, yeah. which was really a rocket program, but like when you collaborate with the Nazis, it's, it's a missile a program, missile. sorry. I'm so over... We cannot 
talk about Nazis anymore. <laughs> um, I would say they just keep coming up. I'm not planning for this. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, uh, Nazis aside, uh, the CCTV had been used in World War II a lot, mm-hmm. but it hadn't yet found a home application until now. Ooh. Um, also, another feature that we hadn't mentioned before, there was a panic button. So if all that fails you, the mm-hmm. dude, you've locked your door, he looks like a little sketchy, maybe a drug addict of some kind. Yeah. It's on fentanyl, perhaps. A ne'er-do-weller. A ne'er-do-well, if you will. Um, you're like, fuck this, I'm out. You're like, lock the door, mm-hmm. uh-oh, you hear pound, pound, pound. <gasps> He's keep, trying to get in. They're trying, yeah. You got a panic button. Boom, instant call to the cops. Uh, and they're on their way instantly. That's another thing that um, home security systems do nowadays. You know, you can like do a panic button, panic button and then like the cops are called. So it's it's actually this reminded me a lot of in our Dag Spicer episode, episode 24, mm-hmm. the mother of all demos, uh, which was in the late 60s, around the same time frame, actually, like basically within this year or another year, mm-hmm. a guy, Doug Engelbart, had a computer that basically was like a modern computer. Like it had word oh. processing and email and video games and a bunch That's of stuff. so cool. And like, it's just weird. Like obviously only one guy had it, but it's just mm-hmm. like weird to see this thing that was eventually going to get replicated so many times. Yeah. But just see it in the late 60s. Yeah. It's almost like uh, how people have like jet packs and water water jet packs nowadays. And it's like only a select number of people. And And eventually we're all getting jet packs. Yeah. And then maybe 50 years from now, we're all getting jet packs. We're all getting water jet packs. You know, the whole shebang shaboodle. That would be the good future. Mm Mm-hmm. So, this is a pretty impressive system, especially late 60s. Uh, so, Marie and her husband decided to patent the system. Mm-hmm. Problem was, they were having kind of a hard time marketing and monetizing this thing. Mm. Um, it's a great invention, don't get me wrong. Of but course, yeah. As we know, that's only half the battle if you're trying to sell something. Yeah. Um, so, it was honestly, like, really expensive for a home to make this at the time. Like, it, it was, like, pretty unrealistic. Yeah. Um, you know, the first of everything is always the hardest to build and typically mm-hmm. the most expensive, right? And then they get ripped off and another company makes it and they That steal, can happen too. Steal um, all their ideas. Yeah, no, that often happens. Because uh, the other company doesn't have to put in the, the engineering cost, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, they decided to gain attention. Maybe they could build one in their own home uh, and oh. demonstrate it. So that's exactly what they did. Uh, worked perfectly. Worked like a charm. Um, mm. I don't know about that, but I, I they built one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm embellishing. Look, yeah. <laughs> it's what they do. Okay. Um, but yeah, so they built one. It, it went it went pretty swimmingly, and it's swimmingly. it's working out. Yeah. Um, as far as attention went, we know that Marie was recognized by the National Science Committee. Ooh, it's a big kind of honor. Okay. Um, okay, like, Queen, get it. Get in the bag get as the usual. Bag. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty prestigious honor, especially for this, like, solo invention. I mean, well, her husband helped, but this kind of... He was there. (laughs) No, I mean, he made it, right? He was an electronics technician, so... yeah, that makes sense. She was kind of the jobs, he was the Wozniak, which is not really fair, because Wozniak also had a lot of, like, creative input, but... Yeah. It it was a 50-50. Let's call it a 50-50. Mm-hmm. She was, uh the architect and he was the engineer love it yes love it that's a much better analogy yes i like that um equally impressive to the national science committee thing mm. sorry this hong kong beer is so good i'm it's on beer number so two good i know but the cans are so small it's so weird delicious though good. um we're happy about the National Science Committee thing. There was also a story about it in the New York Times, which mm. is kind of interesting. Although, I thought the story was kind of lame. I'm going to be honest. Aww. Um, It listed Marie behind her husband, even though she was kind of the, the main guy. All right. Um, all right. Uh, you know, by all accounts, she was kind of the brains. He was more of the kind of make it thing, right? I'm about to throw hands. Mm. Well, if you're ready to throw hands... Listen to this well-intentioned, <laughs> no. but not super progressive quote. Oh, no. What voice should I do for the New York Times in the late 60s? Uh, 
and da 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 da. That's know, what I was thinking, right? Okay. With the patented system, a woman alone in the house can alarm the neighborhood immediately by pressing a button installed in a doctor's office. It might prevent holdups by drug addicts. <laughs> Um, yeah. I don't know. It's not bad. It's just like a woman alone. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Why does it have to be a woman, right? Yeah, implying that a woman is constantly like is like home. fear. No, no, like like she would be afraid and unable to do anything without yeah. the system. That is a weak woman. Yeah. Second to men. The weaker sex. <laughs> the weaker. Oh, no, jeez. <laughs> but um, okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, look, we we, uh, we we know they had the National Science Committee thing. The New York Times wrote the story. We don't have that much good evidence if the Browns ended up pushing monetization too much further. If so, it doesn't look like that much ever came of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet the big money was made by your ADT, your Brinks. Oh, yeah. Classic like you're saying, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, that would be a real injustice if it were the case. I haven't seen one way or the other, but... We can see pretty obviously how her work and Albert's work, her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, His name's Albert. It's Albert, oh. named after Albert Six, actually, from episode oh, one. Oh yeah, um, great name. I kept wanting to call him Pierre because <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Marie Curie's Marie husband. Marie Curie and Pierre um, Curie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was all subconscious, but we can see how her work underpins the modern home security industry, mm-hmm. uh, around a $50 billion industry today. Um, yeah, so yeah. I wish she had gotten 1% of that money. I bet she oh didn't, knowing the way yeah. the world works. Or her family or something like that. Yeah. Her estate after she passed. Yeah. Um, which she did in 1999, by the way. <gasps> no. Um, make it almost 25 years ago. Wow. Um... Hey, look, you know, that's a lot of the information we actually have. One of the problems I've had doing research for Black History Month, Mm -hmm. we're not recognizing our black engineers the way we should be, and there's, like, not actually that much information, Mm -hmm. especially black female engineers. Mm -hmm. Um, But I decided, I got to this point, and I was like, okay, that's basically enough for an episode. But then I was like, can I do a little independent digging like all the articles online, there's like five articles about this, mm-hmm. and they're not that deep. I'm like, let's take a little deeper. Very surface level articles. Let's read the patents. Let's go to the Ooh. source documents. Let's do a little digging around, okay? Okay. So number one, you've already heard. None of the articles I read mentioned that you could actually record the conversation. I got that from the patent. Oh. Another interesting thing, I won't super disclose how I found this because I don't want this to turn into like some kind of doxing situation or anything. <laughs> okay. But essentially, I did some digging around online and I found the Browns' old address where they used to live and where oh. I would guess they put the system in. Yeah. Right? Yes, because they tested it there. They did. I get, I, yeah, they built it in their house, so I, I'm assuming it's the same house. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked it up on Google Maps. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't... It's in Jamaica, right? It, it doesn't... Jamaica, Queens. Jamaica, York. Queens. Not the country of Jamaica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like necessarily the best area, um, mm. but it's a cute house. It looks... I would assume it's the original house. It's like kind of an older style. Yeah. Um, I could totally see someone living there in the 60s. Uh, it, it feels like that kind of house. Mm-hmm. Two things uh, struck me when I looked at the house. I'm on Google Maps. I'm zooming in, uh, and I'm kind of just seeing what I can, you know, from the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, two things struck me. One was the first was above the door was a floodlight. You know, like when you're on somebody's front porch and like one of those automatic yeah, lights come on or something. Yeah, they get too close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. like one of those things. Yeah. Not super interesting. Except I noticed when you look at the patent, the camera on the door is exactly where, and you can't really see it here. I guess I didn't take a screenshot of this, but there's another page in the patent uh-huh. where above the door is exactly where the floodlight flood is light. now. And I was wondering, did they take the same hole that was used for the camera and route the floodlight oh, routing through did there? No. They might not know that they're living in Marie Britton's house. Oh my goodness. That was the first thing I noticed. I noticed wow. a second thing too. <gasps> Which was on the door, right next to the door. This made me chuckle a little. <laughs> right next to the doorknob is a ring home security system. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> that I just kind of chuckled a little. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so a quick, quick synopsis. So she and her husband make this 
patent it, and they do a demonstration at this house. Mm-hmm. And they don't. I mean, like they sell a couple of these. They don't make a lot of money. Doesn't sound from like it. they make it too much money. Yeah, but the they have so in the patent there's a floodlight option right mm, for no okay. no the floodlights on the real house that oh they used okay to okay 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 so what was that hole initially for i think maybe i don't know if this is true but i think maybe so the camera used to go there oh there used to be a okay. camera yes that's right on the house there right yeah so i'm wondering if when Marie passed away, and I don't know if the house was sold or what happened. Yeah. But I wonder if maybe they were like, I don't know what this whole contraption is, and they yeah. uninstalled it, and they were like, I'm going to put a floodlight here instead. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. But that makes sense. It kind of makes sense. But they have a ring. <laughs> yeah, they also have a ring so, home security system. That is so funny and ironic. I like, know. <laughs> you're at the house. Yeah, where this where all started. This, all, this whole shebang shaboodle started. Mm-hmm. That is so funny. What if Ugh, can you imagine if Marie, like, like her ghost or whatever, or what, like, if she saw that house mm-hmm. nowadays and she saw the ring contraption? Yeah. I bet it would be insane. She's like, I did all that work. I know. And now it's just condensed to, like, this like tiny a, little box. Yeah, this, like, like, it's smaller than most remotes. Yeah, it was probably smaller than the remote she was using. Yeah. Um, be crazy man yeah and also to hear how like much money ring is making when mm-hmm. f- from the sound of it they didn't she, make too much yeah that's so frustrating because this was like i feel like cutting edge you know home safety and I, i'm almost wondering if like it didn't it didn't make uh any money because of probably marketing yeah maybe like they didn't have like the know-how or sort of connections to market this but also like in the late 60s early 70s like everyone had their doors unlocked you know like um if you thought you were in a safe neighborhood well like why would you leave it locked because people were always coming in and out like very friendly and it wasn't until like what was it the 80s and stuff like that like late that's when it got to its worst yeah yeah that people started to, like, be more aware of home security. So I'm almost wondering if it was, like, if they just waited, like, 10 to 15 years to make this, then they probably would have made, like, a lot of money. That's true. I, th- I think you're right. And I think, you know, the best innovators, like, whoever makes the first of something is generally too early, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, like, there's probably not going to be that easy of a path to market. And, you know, it's not like, you know, Marie and... and um, keep wanting to say pierre Marie. i know me too <laughs> and albert right and albert yes, yes that's it marie and albert uh, you know they weren't engineers you know they were amateurs um yeah and they were innovators big mm-hmm. time but you know it's not like they you know were able to like go to their company per se or and yeah. like be like i made this thing that you can make a lot of money off of like it, you know they just didn't know that yeah that's true um but it did there is something that feels kind of unjust about it you know like no i totally agree Mm. And it's even more than just that, 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 like, what was it, the New York Times article? Who said that, like, women alone don't have to New fear York Times, them. yeah. Oh, New York Times, yeah. But, I mean, it was, it was the 60s, I guess it was different perspectives in a, a different era, but it, it still doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, you know, um, that's one thing you always notice when you go back into the into this kind of time period is like yes. you have to take it as it is and, you know, realize that, you know, we'll be thought of probably the same way. Um mm-hmm. and For sure. uh, and you know, not try to judge people too hard, but also like, you know, I mean reading that quote is just kinda like, Oh boy oh. <laughs> It was that time. Oh sunny boy, please don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh. Anyway, I guess, you know, maybe a final question for you. Um, you know, just thinking of, like, the person who lives in that house. I don't know if Maria and, and Arnold, maybe Albert, uh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, handed the house down to their kids or anything. Yeah. I know they had kids. Um, let's say they sold the house and the guy with the ring has absolutely no clue, like, that he's living in the house of, like, the, the inventor of basically the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm wondering, like, how do we... You know, it makes me realize we're constantly going by these, like, historical locations where, like, insane innovation happened and we'll never have any idea. Yeah. How do we, as engineers and as people, 
sort of keep that in mind and kind of realize that we're living in this like tradition of building and innovating and if we're just how do we look at it in the right way and how 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 do we kind of stay aware of that Hmm. that's a good question i would say the best way to stay aware of that i don't know like this is gonna sound kind of silly but like plaques yeah no that's that's something as simple like I love those plaques. I Uh, fucking, because it's so, like, I remember, I listened to a podcast. I don't know if anyone listening, I guess if you're listening to a podcast, you might know who Tim Ferriss is. Not familiar, but. Pretty popular podcaster. Sure. And I was listening to this podcast where he was talking about, like, he was, like, kind of in the tech sphere for a while. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about how he met with this, like, tech guy at a coffee shop in Mountain View. And the coffee shop was named Red Rock Coffee. Oh, yeah. I go to that coffee shop all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And we've been there, I think. Yeah, yes, we've we been have. there. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And it was just so weird because it's like next time I go, or next time I went, like, which I went fairly recently, I was mm-hmm. just kind of like, wow, like, it's weird that, like, people who are famous and, mm-hmm. like, sort of innovators, like Marie, you know, like, and Marie Curie and, and all these sort of famous people we get to talk about on the pod. Yeah. They were humans, and they, like, lived on the same earth as us. Yeah. Harper's, excuse me, Harper's Ferry, West Virginia. A fun sort of day trip spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and place to live, I'm sure, has a historical marker called The Rock that Thomas yes. Jefferson stood on. Oh, right? I remember The Rock. <laughs> the Rock. And it's just weird, because it's like, we know Thomas Jefferson stood on this rock, and then we stood on The Rock, and it's like, wow, Thomas Jefferson was, like, a real human, and probably... Yeah. He was a short king. You know, <laughs> he probably think about was. It. No, and I to to give another example, there is um uh, a cafe in in London, I believe, where J.K. Rowling basically wrote the first yeah. Harry Potter book. Yeah, and it's like memorialized, and I guess that's like the twentieth century version of like modern a history. Modern yeah. history, like having Yelp reviews, like I can't believe J.K. Rowling wrote harry potter yeah yeah but i yeah and i know it sounds so silly and so simple but like just having something like right in front of you like right there like this person did x y and z here yeah and it it's just more real yeah exactly yeah that i don't know that's like the first thing that comes to mind when i'm trying to think of uh how to how to like make engineers remember history and how it affects us even today. Well, I have to say, I also really like, you know, all the research we do for this podcast and mm-hmm. you telling me stories every week also. <laughs> like, it's funny how even just after, I think this is our 32nd episode, even after just like 32 episodes, it's funny how things like kind of slot into place. Like, I, I was sort of like, folks, when we were discussing the podcast strategy sometimes, mm-hmm. like, I like to think of the pod sometimes each episode is like a patch in a quilt and it's a beautiful yes. quilt and they touch each other sometimes. Mm-hmm. So like when I'm reading about closed circuit TV and it was developed for the V2, mm-hmm. I know that was the V2 from Von Braun and that goes yes. into Jack Parsons mm-hmm. and so everything's kind of connected. Yeah. And then Jack Parsons somehow goes into Queen Hat. Queen Hat, because <laughs> episode five, yeah. gods and girl bosses of ancient Egypt. Yeah. Um, he had like one of her like monuments or yes, obelisks or something, yeah, he, in his room. That he jacked off on. <laughs> I don't know if he jacked off on it. Um, <laughs> he was a sex magician, so nothing was out of out of the question for that guy. Yep. Um, but regardless, it is it is just kind of funny to think about, just like wow, you know, like excuse me, like we just you know we live in a society. <laughs> live in a society bottom text we do um anyway it just makes the world more exciting i guess i I guess that's just what i'm trying to say yeah me too and there was even do you remember when we first moved to the city before we moved we found an old uh video recording if you can call it a video recording of um san francisco before the 1906 earthquake it was like days before it and then um, there are pictures of the rubble and how it, the catastrophe and after the earthquake. But there's still, like, statues that I pass by yeah. on my way to work. And, like, the yeah. ferry building is right there. And they're in there's, the video. And they're in the video. And it was like, that video was taken over 100 years ago. And I walk by that statue every day to go to work. It's, and, yeah. Yeah. And I walk, I, I work like a couple blocks away from the ferry building that has 
been standing for like over a hundred years and survived the earthquake and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think one of the main things I've really gotten from the pod is like people from the past were people, you know, Mm -hmm. and someday will be people from the past, you know, it's so exciting. I know. I wonder what we'll do. I think we'll be dead. Yeah. (laughs) Unless they figure out life. Like I've heard, Somebody said this. I don't think this is true, but somebody said if you can make it to 2040, you'll be able to live forever because they're figuring out how to reverse aging. I don't know if I would want to make it to 2040. I feel like... uh, Yeah? Well, okay, if all my friends and family made it to 2040 as well and they could take the reverse aging, like afford it, I'm sure it's like millions of dollars, then like, I I don't... I'd be fine with living longer than the average lifespan for a human because like my main concern would be you know like if i were to afford this de-aging process i would watch all of my friends and family die it's like what kind of life would you live at that point that would be a bummer yeah but honestly i would rather live and be sad than (laughs) than die and feel nothing (laughs) that's probably maybe that's wrong i don't know but i'd rather i don't know i don't know man (laughs) i just like (laughs) sorry guys sorry i'm gonna live for a couple hundred years i'll i'll never see you again i don't see why we both have to die (laughs) although you know there's certain people in my life i do think about like would it be I mean, it'd be worth living without them. It would just be really hard, you know? Me? Your podcast co-host? <laughs> well, I was thinking more about, like, River, but... Oh, no! <laughs> yeah, we need to figure out a way to make dogs live longer. That's for good. Sure. I think that's more important. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about my life, <laughs> yeah. but, like, River's life. God damn. God damn. Anyway, well, that's about all I got. Great episode. That was super interesting and a, and a good way to kick off uh, Black History Month. I agree. Yeah. She was black, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> On our special Black History Month episode. We talk about a white woman. <laughs> There's a metaphor in there somewhere. <laughs> All right, folks. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in for this one. Uh, <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> it's valid. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace. <laughs> Clink. <laughs> Clink. <laughs> <laughs>